Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. I've got a little bit of congestion. Um, That's why I'm not going to sing today. So you're getting a break there. And you might think, well, he'll give us a break on the homily. Not so. I'm going to preach. So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. We're still in the uh, fifth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is intensifying all of the teachings of the commandments. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Offer them the other cheek. If they sue you for your tunic, give them your coat as well. And he he ends it with this. Be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And when you first hear that, you might think to yourself, well, then I'm out because I don't have a shot at it. This word perfect, uh, teleoi in the Greek, it means completeness. Jesus isn't saying you need to become infinitely all-knowing, infinitely good, uh, all of the other things that we say of God. He's saying that you must become what God intended you to be to have a wholeness and integrity to you. Well, what does that mean? Sometimes people turn to Luke's version, because there it says, be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. And they think, well, being merciful is easier than being perfect. But if you spend some time thinking about that, how much easier is that really? if you really want to be merciful. And the book of Leviticus gives us another note on that. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holiness, completeness, mercifulness. All of these things, they mean the same thing. There are some who rightly point out that the essence of the gospel is love. But they wrongly reduce that love to some mere sentiment. And when they're done with that, then they think they can set aside the truths of our religion. As long as you feel good, as long as you're kind and nice and tolerant. But it's so easy to trick yourself. And that does not respect the truth of revelation. And what you will end up with isn't mercifulness. It's looking the other way. It's saying nothing about truths. 
It's leaving people in the mire and the muck and the mud of life. And that is not love, and it is not holy. Real love, real love embraces the truth. Love in truth and truth in love. You cannot separate them. When you pull them apart and put the truth over here and the love over here, you have neither the truth nor do you have love. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, literally sons of your heavenly Father. And this has nothing to do with uh, masculine or feminine. This has to do with sons of inheritance, that by adoption and grace we become sons in the only begotten Son of God. We love because God is love and God made us. People have different conceptions of the human person and of their end. And so some people think that human beings are the sort of creatures that can make things and do things. The sort of beings that can think and know about things. But the essence of our religion is that we are the sort of beings who have the capacity to love. Now we're broken on the inside and our loves go astray. But we have a sign, we have one to whom we can turn in which we see complete and perfect love at its height and its depth. It's right there. This is love. Abandoning everything else, all the things of the world, power, riches, fame, money, all of it. Reserving nothing for oneself and giving it all away. That looks foolish to the world. It doesn't make sense to say to someone, don't take care of yourself, don't worry about yourself, abandon yourself to those around you, give yourself entirely away, make no plans for the future. But the wisdom of this world, which tells you to turn over your talents and your strengths to make some money, and create a retirement and have success and have the praise of the people around you, that wisdom is foolishness in the eyes of God. And if we pay attention, countless people have all kinds of worldly success and are nevertheless still miserable. About the worst thing that can happen to you in this world is you get the winning lottery ticket. It always goes wrong. 
the great majority of them end up bankrupt. In a few moments, we will make the profession of faith. That's that prayer. Well, here we sing it in Latin, so you get to look at it on the wall. But even when we do it in English, it's the prayer that every Catholic can say, but only when he's surrounded by other Catholics who are saying it. If you try to re recite it outside of Mass, you, you never get it. The things of our faith, the profession of faith, all the doctrines, the dogmas, all the teachings of the church, they are not intended for us to have online arguments with others or debates with our families. The reason that we have them is they preserve for us in what consists the love which is the supernatural end of man. And this is why Christians fought over particular words. It isn't important, the technical jargon in and of itself. They're only important insofar as they preserve the truth about who Jesus is and what he came to do. I believe in one God, not many, one, the Father Almighty. I have a Father in heaven and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, who is God in such a way that I'm now going to say all the many ways that I can say he's God. And what did he do? He came down from heaven and became one of us. And what was the purpose of that? That he would be crucified, suffer, die, be buried, and that love would be raised on the third day. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. These are not mere words. They preserve for us what love is and what love calls us to and what our obligations are to that love that has been shown to us. How then in my brokenness and my sinfulness and my selfishness can I get a piece of that love? Right there. Right from the altar. That is the fruit of this tree. When we come up here for communion and we kneel and we say amen, we become one with love. And there's a requirement that comes with that love. It isn't just about coming here to feel good on Sundays and hopefully getting enough good feelings to last throughout the week. It means living in the truth, living mercifully, allowing him to touch our lives so that we be made 
into the complete thing that God always intended us to be, not for this world, but for the new heaven and the new earth to come. St. Paul says, everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. Our religion is not a religion that lets us set aside the teachings of Jesus and live however we will. Our religion requires that we submit ourselves to Christ and allow him to transform us to look like him in the midst of the world. Without that share in his life, without that kind of love, which is no mere sentiment, everything else that we do here, it's worth nothing. It means nothing. The next time I see most of you will be this Wednesday, where we start Lent. These are the things to keep in mind for Lent. What's your goal? To become complete. To divest yourself of all worldly things that by your penance you make space in your life for Christ your God. That you become merciful. That you step back from all the inner church squabbling and arguing over doctrines. It misses the whole point. We grasp the truth and then we begin to love. That's its point. That you become holy. That you set aside all of your habits of sins and beg love from on high to overcome all of your weaknesses. If we keep this, then when we get to Easter, we'll taste real, everlasting joy. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.